The following program may contain massive spoilers. You have been warned. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Anthony. I'm Ray. And Chris is not here tonight, but he'll be back on the next episode, December's episode, where hopefully we'll be having director Adam Marcus talk about his new movie, Secret Santa. But, for the time being, we're a little bit late on this, but um, this episode we're going to talk about Suspiria uh, 2018, the, the new version. We've all seen it. We saw it weeks ago, actually. Um... But before we it's get okay. to that... It's okay. You need time to digest that. That's thing. very true. But before we get to that... So, Ray, anything you've seen uh, that you want to talk about? Uh, well, um, I think I've talked to everybody about this, and that's that... Uh, I can't remember who started first. Maybe it was Chris. Uh, or Yeah, I think it was Chris. I believe first. it was Chris. And uh, of his recommend of the new Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, mm. and it just it just has no business being as good as it is. It's 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 mind boggling to me. Um, like the I don't know. I love the writing. I love the characters. Uh, they're fun and inventive. And um, on an unrelated horror note, and I say unrelated, well, slightly unrelated because it's the same writer. I was curious what the writer had else had done, and now I've also become a fan of Riverdale because, which Peaks. I didn't think I didn't think would be possible because it's Archie made edgy, but it's oh man, it's good with abs of steel. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes indeed, he does well have abs of steel. Very well chiseled. He does. But uh, yeah, uh, Archie, the, whoever I don't I forget the name of the company that owns Archie Comics. It's probably just Archie Comics actually, but um, they I feel like. They have done a very good job of reinventing themselves for a modern audience. And I liken this to DC's continual failure, in my opinion. I don't want to go off too much, but both things, both Archie and a lot of DC's major superheroes, are very much of a a bygone era, the 50s, right? Yes, yes. And Archie just... Recent, a couple of years ago, they started putting out Afterlife with Archie, which had zombies or whatever. I, I mean, I didn't read it because I was like, oh, zombies and Archie. I mean, you know, I was never yeah. an Archie fan to begin with. Nothing against it. It just doesn't well, I mean, cross into my, you know, circle it also of interest. Com- I mean, it, you know, uh, it also comes after, of course, Walking Dead is a comic. It also yeah. comes after uh, all of those uh, Marvel zombie comics. Yeah. So it just is another... You know, let's just throw zombies into this yeah, Archie property. Right. If I'm not happens. mistaken, they they did a, a Dark Horse crossover and did Archie versus Predator. So that yes, they did. Yeah, so okay. um, on Drinking with Comics, when that those were coming out, Mike would always pick those as his his picks for the episode. I remember he did Afterlife and he did Archie versus Predator, and there was another one I can't remember. At least one more that was like a weird. But I remember thinking like it's they sound kind of goofy, but like. People really like them, and it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of not taking themselves too seriously and like mm-hmm. trying to find something. And it was shortly after those experiments with the comics that um, artist Fiona Staples and I think it was writer Mark Wade did a, a reinvented run of Archie. And then right after that, Riverdale hit. And Interesting. Riverdale is very much like I just joked a few minutes ago. A friend of mine called it Dawson's Peaks. It's very. I feel like it leans a little bit more towards Dawson's Creek, not that I've ever seen... I think I've seen ten minutes of it. Um, it's fabulous. 
<laughs> he likes it too, so he's kind of outnumbered. Yeah, that's fine. But, um, and it's a little bit lighter on the peaks. I watched two episodes of Riverdale. I love the imagery. Like, it's very, like, neon noir kind of yeah, look. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, it just didn't make my watch cut at the time. So I'd like fair. to go back. I, the fair. thing that floored me, I can't find the picture now, but a couple months ago, I saw a picture for the second season of Riverdale, and it's a girl looking out a window in the background. She's looking at you, and in the foreground is a ski masked killer carrying a fucking axe over his back going to, I mean and I was like what is this and I start reading and they did a giallo yeah going back to Sabrina so Anthony you just finished the series I've completed it um so what what are your thoughts pray Satan <laughs> right off the bat yeah right off the bat pray Satan um yeah, the Satan is heavy in it. It's, it's impressive. It's so not what you're expecting. Yeah. Like, there's no way yeah. this would fly on the WB network or no. anything where Riverdale's, you know, spawned from. But um, the gore in it is, like, it, it's heavy. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a ton of blood. There's a ton of killing. There's all kinds of, you know, devilry. And, and we, we go back to... to you know, the uh, Sabrina of old, and, and you know, she's just this quirky teen who's got powers, and, and we never question, well, where the hell do you get these powers from? You get them from Satan. Yeah. As you do. You you, you get them from Satan, and, you know, you, you, you write your name in the in the book, much much like the, the, the film The Witch, and, you know, just, you know, uh, lore, that, that kind of uh, yeah. witch lore, and um, and it just, it just runs with it, and it's... It's paced so well, with the exception of like the one episode you and I had spoken about earlier, uh, the Batty Bats episode. But um, it's it's just grim and fun, and uh, you find yourself laughing more often than not. And it, it's just it's fucking fun. Yeah, yeah. I think I think part of the reason that you you think that like it draws the comparison because it doesn't have a big group vibe necessarily like uh, like Buffy did. I think what it what draws it is the, just the peppiness of the Sabrina character. Definitely. She's so bright and peppy that you're like she kind of reminds me of Buffy, but she's she's so she's different though, but she's uh, she's very entertaining on screen like they picked the right actress. Like you don't yeah. sit there and go, "Oh god, she's annoying." Like you're like, "Oh, oh, I like her." She's cute. Yeah, good for yeah, go Sabrina. But I like the duality of the character. You see yeah. you see the two different lives that she has yeah. to live in. So she's got her human life with her high school chums and you see all their little stories and they've got all their side stories and whatnot, teachers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you've got the family life that she has at home. So all the witches that she's she's with and then she has her coven also. So you've got all these different interlocking characters and, and, and stories and whatnot. There's a lot going on. There's yeah. a lot to digest in it. Yeah. But it flows so well. It, it just it works. It's effective. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I said, pray Satan. It's amazing. It, it is really... Um, it's, it's so joyous to me to see something where... Yeah, like the a common, you know, colloquial exclamation is oh of relief or excitement is praise Satan. You know, it's yeah, like the, it's and, and it's the adults and it's done yeah. in a way that it, it doesn't feel forced or hokey. And you you know, imagine if you could go to the end of Rosemary's baby, you got all the old people, oh praise Satan, praise Satan. If you could go like another two hours with those people and see what their lives are like and their families' lives and whatnot, and like the way that they probably go to work 
and and you know put on a certain face for society but then behind closed doors like no we praise the dark lord and that's <laughs> explored in like hereditary as well yeah those types of and out. and this is definitely that and and it's a, a tv 14 plus rating and it's so it's geared it's definitely geared towards young adults i mean some the high school stuff it's it's fine i don't care about it but what has kept me coming back is the the witch satan stuff which you know so like you brought up the witch and what both the witch and sabrina are doing is going back to this lore that you know around the time of the of the witch you know scares the salem witch salem. trials and whatnot the new world um witches were thought to be the devil's like concubines or familiars now i mean you know in 2018 we all know that that's not what witchcraft is you know i mean if if you read the grimoire of lady sheba it, it's not it's it's not satanism like they treat it like witches yeah, are satanists yeah. and say i mean mm-hmm. well satanists aren't even that satanists you know one of the books that's most it held in a high regard for satanists is ang rand's uh the fountainhead because it's a very narcissistic uh yeah. religion it's a philosophy it's not a religion there are offshoots, but I mean, I think the thing is that through the years, like, devil worshipping was confused for Satanism. Yeah. So they're basically saying, oh, you know, witchcraft, this lore that they're devil worshippers and that they're in league with Satan or whatever. And they're aware that that's not the reality, but they're like, no, let's just play. That's what we want to play with. And so I like that because I'm a huge fan of the stuff that was made as a byproduct of the Great Satanic Panic. And the Great Satanic Panic was in the late 60s, 70s, early 80s. People legitimately thought that, like, their neighbor might be a devil worshiper and might be, you know, stealing babies to kill to sacrifice, and and it was a, a media, yeah, it was a media <laughs> induced thing. Like, there were actually like modern like witch hunts. They weren't, you know, burning anybody. No, I but... I, I remember a newspaper. There was a newspaper that uh, what was it? L.A. Times. The daycare. There was a daycare in Manhattan Beach or Hermosa Beach where they, they busted they, up. They said that they were Satan worshippers and they were doing child porn and all they this had, stuff. They uh, had, well, they had this, they took this, like, some newspaper, I think it was L.A. Times, ran a picture of this baby in front of a big old picture of Satan. Oh, wrapped no. in black cloth. I mean, people don't do that, sorry. You know, all the, all the late 70s, early 80s lore about going to graveyards and you'd see black-clad teenagers with, you know, digging up... Gra- like, children shouldn't play, play with dead things is one of my favorite yeah. movies, and that's exactly what it is. Let's go to this graveyard with this grimoire and we're going to, you know, raise the dead or whatever. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, whoops, don't work. Yeah. But anyway, so it plays on that, and it's aware that it's playing on that, and that's not the reality of the situation. And it's very fun, and the fact that it's so fun and so... Heavy on the devilry, just it makes my heart sing. I'm not a devil worshiper, but I find, I don't believe in the devil except for three days after watching The Exorcist. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just I enjoy the iconography. You've never seen Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> um, uh, but you, you know what? I didn't even realize it, but I, I was just bringing up something I had seen. But it, it it's so excellently done. Yeah, dovetails. Yeah. So should we should we go uh, before we go into Suspiria? Even oh, though the dovetail is great, I just I want to say that it's okay. uh, go for it. I'm, I started watching a Shutter original series called Dead Wax, and it's actually so it's like I think it's ten episodes or nine or ten episodes, and they're between ten and eighteen minutes a piece, and it's set up like a playlist on Shutter. It's really cool. Uh, it's Graham Resnick wrote and directed it. Who Graham Resnick. Did a lot of sound production and music work for Larry Fessenden's Glass Eye Picks. So I couldn't oh. tell you exact movies, but he's had his hand in some Ty West movies. Uh, I think probably a Joe Bigos movie. 
Um, but he's in that scene, and I really like that whole scene. And so this is, I believe, his first writer-director thing. And he's doing it with Shudder, and it's good. It's, it's, um, it's a girl who is paid exorbitant amounts of money to track down rare vinyl pressings of stuff. And there's a record out there. There's only one copy of. It's a test pressing. And when people listen to it, they tend to die. So it's very mm-hmm. similar to John Carpenter's Cigarette Burns and that, I mean, I guess people didn't die when they watched that movie, but, you know, freaky shit happened when that gotcha. movie was uh, aired in that in Cigarette Burns. So it's similar, and she, you know, runs afoul of various people, and there's other people looking for it. And uh, I, I'm, I mean, it's so short, I can't believe I didn't finish it the other night, but I conked out. Uh, uh, I, I think I have two short episodes left. And I, it's, you know, it's really good. I'm always, I love Shudder. A lot of the original stuff I haven't um, took, taken the plunge on yet, but this has definitely convinced me to take the plunge on some of the other stuff. Hey, Shudder, give us free stuff. Yeah, amen. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? They actually did, right after I signed up for the subscription, which is five bucks a month, people, yes. and totally worth it, but they just emailed me like two months in, and they're like, hey, guess what? This month's on us. Huh. That's fucking awesome. Nice. Wow. Yeah, they're, cool. I really, really like what they're doing, so I definitely recommend them. So yeah, free stuff would be cool. Um, anything else, or do we go into Suspiria? I say we go into Suspiria, unless you want to bring up anything else. Uh, real quick, The Barn 2 is on a Indiegogo right now. If you haven't, um, pledged for that, definitely pledge for it. If, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have, have heard of or seen The Barn. Um, awesome indie flick. There's, there's a lot of indie directors out there that need help. Um, they're, they're one of them. So help them... Help them create more awesome shit, and uh, hopefully the barn two um, is on its way soon. Let's see. I still have not seen the first. Um, I was really interested. the The poster caught my eye, and it's the guy um, or the co- collective sadist art, I believe, did the poster for the original one, and I really, really like that the, their stuff. Oh, uh, it is. It's funded. Oh, bitchin'. It's forty two thousand dollars. Raised a hundred and six percent funded on November twenty first. So I was well, just the, checking to see. Say so, congratulations to you guys. And uh, when it comes out on Blu ray domestically, everybody continue to support it and buy it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, awesome. that's, that's super cool. I I need to see that first one. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Witches, 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 witches. So uh, let's see. Witch. Nice. Suspiria, the original, Dario Argento, his most known work, and the, the most known Italian horror film, I'm sure, hands down. Uh, and really just, I mean, there's a reason why it is as iconic as it is. It's it's gorgeous. Uh, I, I love it. I know some people see it and they're like, ah, I don't really get it. The acting's kind of bad and this and that. And it's, you know, it's we don't need to go into all that, but it's not really about the acting with that movie. It's about the cinematic experience. Why can't you have both? I don't know. I know that a lot of the um, the problems, I think, with like dialogue delivery and the acting isn't necessarily the acting. I think that it's... The dubbing. It's the dubbing. And it, because they used to make these movies, and I forget, you know, what the, they would shoot them in English, and then they would redub them in other languages, including redubbing the English. And I don't remember, there was a reason for that, I believe, and I don't remember what the reason for that was. Um, so if anybody listening knows, or if I'm completely off, just go ahead and correct me in the comments. Um, That's probably right. But she's the. I mean, I I I I, I was curious. I mean, I, I I I hate going into seeing any kind of remake. 
situation before having seen the original. So it, I, you had not seen the original. I had not seen the original. I didn't. So I finally that. saw the original, and you can clearly tell that it's um oh, I forgot her name Jessica Harper. I mean, she's, yeah, Jessica yeah. Harper. That's her voice. because yeah. I've seen her in other things, and I'm like, oh, okay. But everyone else, you're like, what the hell is yeah. going on with that? Why is that person's voice a little off? So is it that they kept her... So I guess it would be... I hadn't thought of this before. They kept her original dialogue and everybody else is what's dubbed, I Over guess. On, yeah. In, in the English version. Um, and, I mean, you just... I feel like you have to adjust your expectations for that with that movie. But the other thing is, like, it doesn't matter because it's so fucking visually amazing that... I mean, the first time I saw it, I didn't even... I knew that there were some issues, but it didn't matter because I couldn't stop staring at what I was watching. It's Gawking just, at set yeah. designs and shit. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's the thing I was talking about with the uh, 4K release, the uh, Synapse 4K release, 4K release. It's so vibrant and um, and lush with color, and the sound is, is tits. Um, <laughs> if you're a Goblin fan, you're definitely yeah. going to... You know, get your money's worth on that. It's just, it's so beautiful. There's not much more you can say about it that hasn't been said before. But, um, yeah, that 4K scan is beautiful. Jeez. Um, it is. I saw it at uh, Beyond Fest. Yeah. They had it last, not this past, you know, not this year, but 2017s. They had uh, the 4K, and, I mean, it was just unbelievable on the Egyptian screen. They also had a 35 millimeter print they had found that was touring the United States. I di- I had to pick one or the other. I picked the 4K, and oh. I, f- I feel I you know I feel like I picked the right one. Um, so you had never. So did you, Ray? Did you see the new one, and then you watched the? Here's here's what ended up happening because I found out a, uh, um, I forget the name of the service, but two probably shouldn't shouldn't hype anybody that, you know. Um, for free. No, it's Tubi. Um, it's it's legit. They they. No, pay. it wasn't Tubi. It was oh, someone else. But well, some of the, there was. But it was it was one of those services where you you can watch it and then they just interject commercials and, um, I do want to rewatch it because the commercials are driving me yeah you got, you got crazy to see it cinematically and it would have been fine if they had cut it the way that they used to cut like there was a time a long time ago if you're really young and listening to this. That they used to show movies on TV that were cinematic films, and they'd interject commercials. But what they would do is they'd wait for the right moment and go, "Oh, here's a cut. Let me break for commercial." But with this, it's just madness. So you'll just be in the middle of a scene, like, "Oh, I don't know, Susie. Maybe we'll should Arby's on sale now." <laughs> yes. yes, that's good. And the thing is, is that I'm sitting there and like it Hot wasn't dogs. even it wasn't Arby's. It was. Farmer that, hot dogs. That, that would have been so, <laughs> that would have still been entertaining. No, I, I kept they kept breaking for these commercials for um oh what is the name of that drugstore? Um, Escobar's. No, no, no. Again, entertaining. Your local Seven Eleven. But it was just they kept breaking for this commercial for like uh like thrifties or something like that. I know that doesn't exist anymore, but and then they just played the same commercial three times in a row. And then they would, okay, here's your movie again. And I'm like, fuck. Driving me nuts so, so here. You, I, you can't even comment really on the experience because you really didn't I, see the movie. Yeah, well, so so what happened was is that, as you ask if I saw it beforehand or not, I saw about 
30 minutes in and then a commercial break happened and I was at watching it in that and I feel like if I had been just watching the film by itself I probably would have made it but I was dealing with these fucking commercial breaks and so during a commercial break I just went out and I came back up like 20 minutes later and the movie was going and I was like I have no fucking clue what's going on I don't and I'm just and you wouldn't it. with that movie either. and I just stopped <laughs> yeah. it I was like fuck I don't want to do this so I'm going to have to come back to it later and and I was like, okay, I'm, I just I need to go to bed. I'll deal with it later. And then I ended up going to see it with Anthony, and uh, and I was like, oh my god, I need to rewatch that original and see what how it ends. And uh, so a uh, number of days after seeing the remake, I then went and finished the original and went, oh okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, from what I saw, I enjoyed it. Um, it. I understood why, I I understand why I feel like the director felt like he could approach this and and, yeah. and do a remake of it because, um, it's very pretty to look at. It's amazing to look at. Um, the original. Yes, the original is very pretty to look at. It's got a really good bare bones structure to it, um, and you can do a you could do a lot with it. It's just that it. He was saying that, you know, you have to see the other films. It's just that the film plays, and I heard someone describe it once, as a fairy tale. And it plays like a fairy tale. Also a nightmare. Or a nightmare. But dream it, logic it, it, has, it has a fairy tale quality to it because it, it, it just is going, it's going, it's going. Someone dies. Another person dies. Oh, let me investigate. Hey, uh, if I count the number of steps, I can figure out where they're going. <laughs> and then... Boom! She's in the room with the witch that's going to, the old witch that's going to do her in, and she can't see her. And here's her friend's dead body coming at her. And wait a minute, I can see the silhouette. Stab! Yeah. And then she's done for. And then all of them are done for. And I was like, ah! Uh, and it has that. It, it that is a very fairy tale like ending mm-hmm. because instead of her having to kill just the one person and now deal with everyone else coming after her, it's. If I kill the one bad thing, everything stops. Everything the else final stops. Yeah. And uh, and it's all good from this point on. Because literally she's not just killed her, she's killed all of her Ooh. coven. She killed the coven. And yeah. she's killed well, she the studio, of, the dance yeah, studio. She runs is out of the building fire. and it's on fire. Yeah. The and I was like, oh, okay. So it does have very much of a fairy tale like ending. Absolutely. Um But oh go ahead. I always wanted to know why they had a room full of barbed wire. Yeah, that's a very like. There's just this one fucking room that we have full of barbed wire, and, and you think that like when you go to that school and you they give you the tour, the they'd be like, "Oh, by the way, Susie, don't go into that room. That's it's filled the with barbed, barbed wire room. Don't go the fuck in there. You're, you're not. Well, gonna and have why were time. they storing food in a cellar? Well, I mean that makes sense to me, but there is something about that. Makes <laughs> sense. They're storing food in a cellar. Yeah. They had, so. they had bulk food. And it wasn't in a cellar, it was in the attic. That doesn't exactly okay. make sense that it would be in the attic. But the fact that they were storing food... And let's face it. I mean, there is a convenience to the arrangements for the... You know, it's it's almost like, like Fulci... I like Lucio Fulci's movies, but like The Beyond or Seven Doors of... Or no, what is it? It's uh, the same. It's the same. Yeah, it's, it's the same. same. I'm blanking on the other title. But I really like the that movie. The Seven Doors of Hell. Anthony reintroduced it to me. But the thing about that movie is... I always had a problem with it first because it's just like five gore vignettes with very little plot stringing them together. So it almost seems like it's not a movie. It's just a way to show off these gore vignettes. But then when you actually um, approach it with like a nightmare logic, 
it functions way better and doesn't seem like it's diminished by that, right? Gotcha. is not quite that where it's like these gore vignettes, but there are set pieces in it, the murders. Yeah. And there's no fucking reason why, you know, the food is in the attic. It would be in the cellar because it would be cool, right? Because yeah. it's got to rain maggots somehow. It, well, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. It's in the attic because the movie needs it. Because maggots. somebody was like, hey, you know what would be a good idea? Fucking oh, maggots. No, yeah. you know what would be a good idea is if maggots fell. How do we do that? Well, <laughs> yeah, why no, we why couldn't it. he have that yeah. accent? You know, we don't and, know. And, and it, it, it's like, you know... I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's convenient, but whatever. I mean, it's so gorgeous. Uh, Anthony, what would you think? Of the original or no? Uh, talk about both. Talk about one or the other. Um, I was kind of shocked at how grim this new one is, especially color-wise. I mean, you, you we're talking remakes here, and there's no way this thing was going to be reimagined or... Or imagine along along the lines of the first film, it had to be something different, because then you might as well call it something else. But with that being said, I kind of wish they would have just called it something else, you know, dance school for witches or something like that. <laughs> um, just all all those all those uh, things that are near and dear to me, um, they're all gone from this, yeah. with the exception of you know there being witches, and then you 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 lay on this really uh, heavy like political laden background uh, the. Where they're at is war torn and and the the cold wars going on and all this different shit and um, there's just yeah, yeah there's all Germany, these extra uh, you know subplots happening outside of the school that don't really matter and didn't matter in the original. Um, well, weren't in the original. Weren't right? in the yeah. original. But I mean, I I had my 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 qualms with it right off the bat. You have uh, Chloe Mortez. I believe she's in the first oh, like Chloe, ten minutes Grace, of the Grace Moritz. Let's let's face it, she's no fucking award winning. I'm sorry, pardon my language. There's a there's no she's no award winning actress. In fact, I find her quite annoying. So for the first ten minutes of the film, I was annoyed, mm. and uh, you know I had to watch that, sit through that, her, uh, you know, try to uh, pretend to be uh, mentally distraught or, or or what have you. It just, it just didn't work for me, mm. and then. Then you're also discovering at this point Tilda Swinton is playing this doctor that that she's uh, she's going to see, and then later on throughout the film, I mean it's not a spoiler, um, you find out Tilda Swinton is actually playing three different characters, yeah. Yeah. and now I'm asking myself, did they not have the budget to hire anybody who who had the chops to get it done that they had to have Tilda do three different roles? Um, but that didn't take away from anything that she did. Her her um, her portrayals of the characters were, were excellent. Mm -hmm. um, her her she was Madame Blanc, right? Yeah, uh, yeah her yeah. Madame Blanc was just just really stoic, um, tall, you know, waif like dance character. Uh, just actually quite beautiful in a way. Um, I say that a lot. <laughs> uh, but just watching, I mean, watching, you know. Side by side with the original, um, it's just so dark and dull. Um, it kind of takes away from it. I think I wanted more. There, there, there was just so much more I wanted to see. I, I wanted to see at least hints of something from the original, other than there being a coven in here. And, right. and that's I, I just didn't get that. I, so I, I didn't hate the movie. For what it is, it's good. Had they named it, like I said... You know, dancing with witches, it would have been all right. Um, I just don't think it needed to be named Suspiria. However, at the, by the end of the film, I'm invested enough to where I want to see more of this world, 
But we got that with the other films that Argento had already yeah. done. So, with that being said, I don't think I need to see this world be expanded anymore. Because right. it's already been done. Right, right. It's already been done. And, yeah. I could see that. Uh, I... I had really, really high hopes. You know, I mean, originally when they announced this, I'm like, why are you remaking this? Um, Lucky McGee did a movie uh, about 10 years ago called The Woods, and he had referenced something like, you know, maybe someday somebody will remake Suspiria. This is, like, kind of my version of doing that. I mean, it doesn't really bear any resemblance, but I always kind of liked that because I liked the movie, and I liked the idea that it was like, he didn't call it Suspiria, and it, it took some cues, not a lot, but some... Um, but so, you know, I was skeptical. But then the thing that really started to swing me was the first trailer. I mean, it looks like the 70s. It looks like cinema in the 70s. Okay. So that, I was like, okay. And, you know, when I heard Tom York was doing the score, I like a couple of Radiohead's records a lot, Kid A and uh, a couple others. But um, I'm like, I don't know that that's the right person yeah, for Yeah, versus a Goblin soundtrack. Well, and it's, well, here's the thing. Like, I think you, all of your points are 100% valid. My response to the the I thought you were gonna say fuck you right no, now. No. <laughs> My response to to the go, to the goblin thing is like they, they that wasn't the movie. It wouldn't have fit this movie. No. And also Agreed. the colors, like I don't even think they can redo the colors that way because I believe Argento used the last of a certain kind of film. Really? But so the one you know, this movie feels more to me like Ingmar Bergman did a Suspiria remake. Like it's it's not interested in being a genre picture at all. It's interested in being cinema. Now that sounds like really pretentious or whatever, and maybe it is. But I thought that he did a good job doing. No, I, that. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree because I, I remember you taught we were we were talking about it before I went to go see it, and I asked you about it, and you said, "I'm very hesitant." But I'd say it's an art horror movie, and I went, "Oh, that's interesting." And then I saw it, and I went, "Oh no, I yeah. understand what you mean," because it. It is, it is a genre movie, but it isn't a genre. It's, I don't movie. think it he's is at trying, all. He's just making a movie, and and to answer the, you know, I can understand it is dull. It isn't like ple- It isn't like extraordinarily pleasant to look at. But I think maybe that was a calculated move by the director because he thought I can't. I, I'm not gonna do that. Right. So I'm gonna do my own. It, thing. It's it's so beloved that that, and that's one of the reasons that it's beloved. If I try to do that, I'll be. I'm trying to. I'm totally blanking on his name right now. But when what's his name did Psycho, right, and, right, you know, uh, shot for shot. It's like, well, why remake the movie then? Right. And I think this is a case where, like, I, I, I this is like an like a fly where it's like, oh, well, here's my yes. reason for remaking this. Or the thing because I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to build on what is already there. Right. I'm gonna. I I can't do that, so I'm not gonna try and do it. It's it's it's. It's perfect the way it is, so I'm going to leave that alone. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to expand the characters. I'm going to expand their backgrounds. I'm going to really build on the dance school as as Coven and the... the I, 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 I fell in love with the concept of the dance as ritual. Yeah, Once that I was awesome. Once I figured that, that out, badass. I went, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like it, it was one of the big things I loved about that film. Absolutely. What better place for like, witches to oh practice magic? Oh my god, because once you... I think it was when they first... When, when um, Susie uh, first has to... Audition and she says, "Oh, I can do the yeah uh, right lead." Well, yeah, and you're and you're standing there and like not only do you see what happens in the other room to the other girl, but 
just the movements, the way they're watching her, I was like, this isn't just a dance. Right. Well, it's the editing, something. too. It's not only the choreography of the dance, but the way that they shot and edited the dance, that yeah. dance sequence in particular, I thought was just mind-boggling. Like, I felt like yeah. it was frying my nervous system. Like, I almost <laughs> felt like it, was, it felt like magic. It felt like some kind of weird spell. I think you mentioned something about a low-end, like, rumble that they were there, playing. Well, there was a... Was it, so was it that I saw sequence? It at, I saw it at the... No, I, it's... Right before that, maybe it's the where um, there's a point where I forget which uh, th- that girl that that dies in you know the I can't remember her where they're cross cutting between Susie dancing and, and the they girl keep, dying. they mention her name like Helga. Or something. There's a That's point where she comes to oh Olga? she comes Olga. downstairs and two of the instructors stop her and say something and there I saw it at the dome the arc light and. The sound system there is amazing, and the low end. So it was like this thing where the low end was expressing the fact that they're talking and looking at her, and they're doing something to her, much like the scene in the original with the old woman. With there the, is, yeah, the, there, where there's she a, moves the, the uh, thing that she's polishing, and it because puts the spell she's on Susie. she's she doesn't say anything, but you can hear like, but you when it, I think there's a camera angle where she she's looking at them, and you hear like a like a dull like yeah. So it, it was. Almost overpowering. Like, oh, in the, in, that's what she's point. getting. That's not. That's yeah. Not, you know, on the surface, that's what it doesn't appear to be. They, I, I really liked the drabness because. So here's another thing about this movie I found fascinating. Argento's takes place in 1977 in Germany. Yeah. I've seen the movie I don't know how many times. It never even dawned on me that historically that puts it in divided Germany. Yeah. Now there's the argument could be made that. Argento's Germany isn't our Germany. So it's like yeah. a fairy tale. It's just this other place, right? But or realistically... It's, or it's not even the uh, Germany of 77. Ex- yeah, right. But it's so realistically, it is divided Germany. So yeah. that's not in the original at all. This one's all about it. it I mean, yeah. the Bader-Meinhof uh, terrorist uh, you know, standoff is going on in the background. There's graffiti, political graffiti everywhere. There's, you know, subversives. And, and there is something about that city i've never been to berlin but there's a lot of um art and music that i like from that and i feel like that drabness is while it isn't great to look at not in the way that the primary colors of the original are it's such a a tone and he used it and it just gave the movie this really heavy feeling it's an oppression it is it's an oppression that's that's a great way to say it it's an oppression i mean as much as it's an oppression for the people that were living through that and like we're hearing about the events and everything and the the chaos that's going on um it then serves to kind of oppress the audience as much as the girls in the school and you like feel like like, oh what's going on it doesn't feel good yeah. Um, to me, it just felt like an unnecessary backdrop to, to stress the fact that it's a period piece. And I'm like, I mean, well, that's fair. I don't think why? you're wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I don't think it was unnecessary because I think that's what he wanted to do with it. So I'm thereby sure, it becomes yeah. unnecessary. But to some degree, for the actual story, it could be definitely be seen as unnecessary. Although, like, I felt like it mirrored. I thought like what was happening outside mirrored the chaos that we're not seeing. That like is felt but is unspoken of in the school, right? Because they've got this whole. I mean, uh, I think the girls feel it to a certain extent. Susie more so than some of the others. That there's, there is this. There is the. There is the unseen. school head who who is and and all of the witches are are uh, 
stressed because she's getting older and they're you're all kind of wondering like how long is she gonna make it we gotta find a replacement well the other thing is <laughs> it's not that they're looking for a replacement it's a power struggle too yeah so because they vote on whether they're gonna follow marcos or block right yes so there's a power struggle and that plays in another thing that i really liked about the movie which isn't necessarily overt unless you're thinking about it the original movie is very much like you don't know that they're witches like you're hmm. getting these clues that something's going on but that's like the reveal is like oh they're witches right this movie, you know they're fucking witches right off the bat. That's not the reveal. Yeah. The reveal that happens later is a totally different reveal. And oh. I could see that it would be argued that they didn't earn it, but I I mean, it blew me away. I was like, wait, what? I didn't know if no, I thought that I, it I totally or... felt like they earned it. I, I mean, it totally was... felt like they earned it. The background they gave her, there were all these like little hints. Like, I, I love... Hence why I want to see it again. Susie. I love like, I love, like, the whole thing with the... Where she's ta- where she's talking about her background and the fact that her mother beat her, and you're like, wow, why would a, why would some girl raised in uh, on an Amish community get beaten like that by her mother? And then the whole thing of like, well, when my mother died, she told me I wasn't hers. That you know, I I I, I was I was someone else's. And you're like, whoa, what's going on there? Um, that and there's the there's the interactions with Blanc, um, where I felt like, because there's that one, I think it's before they go to the dinner, there's that whole scene where they, they're talking, and it, I, I think you're supposed to get that they're, they're communicating yeah, telepathically. They're showing you all the witches around the table so doing else, something, and well, the no, dialogue, it's, none it's, of them no, are there's, there's another, there's a scene, there's a scene where they're in Susie's bedroom. Right. And well, they're well, talking. You're and, talking about Blanc and Susie. Yes. That scene is interesting because Susie's mouth is moving and Blanc's is not. Yes. Yes. So she's talking with her mind and Susie's responding with her mouth. So now that could be because they're, you know, they say that they're sending her dreams and they're working on her or whatever. But And it also begs the question of whether or not, was Susie aware the entire time she was there that she was the mother of someone? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think I an awakening think so. happened, right? Yes. I think the first time, I think the first time is when she tries to do the dance. Um, and uh, When she just knows she can do it. And right? I, she think just the, I think the other thing that hints at it is that when she puts her hand down, at first I thought it was I thought it was uh, Marcos's hand under underneath the the dance floor, mm-hmm. but it's that death thing, or whatever. Yes, it's that death incarnate that she summons later, and uh, and like uh, and um, I I really feel that like she doesn't know why she just she feels a pull to that school. She doesn't know why she feels a pull, and then once she gets there. Awakening, like yeah. little things start to happen. Her powers start to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then finally, at that last, um, at that dinner where they're just sitting across from each other, I think she's gotten to the point where she's like, uh, I know who I am. I know right. what I have to do now. Right. Uh, I have a question for you guys. What yeah, were your thoughts sure. on Dakota Johnson's performance? I mean, we saw her in, I mean, I'm sure we all here saw her <laughs> in Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen her I before. See her. I have had the great pleasure of watching every single one of those as a tradition with my girlfriend on, on Valentine's Day. So Someone sounds excited. So, yeah, that's fantastic. So, so you can speak to this better, than, better I think, than we can. So is... 
I'm sure the acting in Fifty Shades of Grey sucks, or is subpar at least. And, I mean, did you think that she... So, was she good in this? And so, do you think that those movies, it's a product of just their bad movies? Exactly. Okay. And it's bad movies, bad script writing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This, I think she does well. Yeah, I thought she did. I think she, she did she great. Does well. You almost, don't, you almost don't recognize her. And then I, yeah. I kind of... I think I mentioned to you, Ray, that having seen her in those other films... She's already been stripped down, and and you know you you've you've seen everything, so she's kind of fearless in a in, in a sense when she comes into this movie yeah. that there's nothing she hasn't already done before. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, she has to bear herself emotionally, and I think that's kind of impressive mm-hmm. in this film. I think she does a great job. I think she does actually. Um, I think I think across the board, like a, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but go that was almost a de- that was almost a deterrent for me. Yeah. You know, oh, uh, she does such a good job. No, 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 no she that was she was cast. that she was cast. Yeah, oh, I was like, her and Chloe Mortez. I'm like, yeah, strike yeah, yeah, one, yeah, strike yeah. two. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't know if I'm gonna do this. It was it was really uh, I was really against it in the beginning, and then, um, but I said the same thing about about uh, Halloween. You know, I felt that it had its agendas, and I was wrong. I've been wrong before. I, I was wrong again, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, she actually did a damn good job. Yeah, those are you're not wrong. Those are expectations predicated on what we get. Agreed. So you're not wrong. You're, yeah. You know you've yeah. learned. So actually, you're very smart. Oh well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Smart ass. That's what. But, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I thought I. You know, it, it's. You know, as compared to some other remakes that are out there or things that get floated out, I mean, you know. It, 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 I, I can't see why uh, necessarily a horror audience. It was it's fun. It was surprising to me because you told me that like people have been like, nah, this movie's terrible, and it surprised me because I the I purists. Thought, I thought, well, you know, there's I, I you know just to look at it and see what gets made and and the way that the story is structured and the way that they built on it and everything. I just thought this doesn't this isn't a remake to be ashamed of. Like no. you know, as compared to like, you know, the pure when you get to like, you know, when you talk about remakes, like you, you, this is gonna be a slight slight side tangent, but you know in the world of car nuts, which I have been part of before, Corn nuts? Car car nuts. Oh, I'm sorry. Car, car aficionados. Oh, I like the ranch. Hot rodders, as it were. Um there's people that will argue to the ground with you on how much that the original Gone in sixty seconds, Gone in sixty seconds, the the, the uh, Toby Halicki film is is a masterpiece, and that the one with uh, Nick Cage is shit. And you're like, oh wow, that's it's a it's it, it's bizarre because I mean if you've ever seen the original Gone in 60 Seconds, sure, it has all these cars and it has this 70s feel to it, but it's also dreadfully boring. It's dreadfully boring. It's poorly acted. It's all about the car stunt at the end of the film. And at least when they decided, let's just update this, they actually gave it a Mm storyline, which is a big jump from the original. And... um, they tried with the actors, and they tried to at least make it fun for the, the action audience that was going to go see it. And so, yeah, it's cheesy. Yeah, it's got Nick Cage and some bad acting involved, and, you know. But I don't think that you can watch this 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 Suspiria and be like, ugh, the way that one fucking line comes out, it is awful. Like, well, no, no I feel like it's really strong. There's so. a, a difference with remakes where, you know, in the early 2000s, you had, like, 
all these like I don't know there's so many House yeah, of Wax and all yeah. this other stuff oh, where uh, oh shit yes. I mean it was really just churning out movies to churn yeah. out horror movies yeah. it wasn't House on Hill it was Hill. you know what can we remake an update just to get a movie out there where yeah. and, and not have to pay for original material or whatever yeah. right because we already own this but this was somebody said I think this is going to happen you know uh, I'm not going to be able to say his name I know but it's uh, the director is uh, uh, Luca Guadagnino. And um, the screenwriter, it's based on Argento uh, and Dario Nicolodi's script. And well, he's, uh, the, he's the guy David who... Uh... Kajanich did the, the new one. And he said, so when I saw it at the Dome, I didn't even realize this was going to happen. We stayed through the credits and then the lights came on and a girl from Entertainment Weekly or something came out and introduced the cast and the writer-director. Oh, wow. I mean, they were all there. And... Um, you know, the screenwriter and the director talked about how they wanted to explore some of the stuff in Dario and um, Daria's original script that wasn't really explored. So I've never read the script, the original. I don't know what that is. Um, but they clearly approached it as, I want to make a movie, not like, let's just crank out, uh, you know, a Suspiria just to get it to, you know, the 18 to 25, you know, crowd or whatever. Um Okay, so let's go around and let's go. Each of you give me one thing you loved about the movie and one thing you loathed about the movie. Anthony, first up. I love the practical offense, effects that they put on Madame, uh, uh, Mother Marcos. Uh, really awesome. She is fucking hideous. Yeah. Um, all these great prosthetics were added to her, um, and she's just nasty. Think of like the the. The Pit Witch from from uh, <laughs> Army of Darkness, but but nastier. Yeah. Uh, God, the first time I saw it, I mean, she's just she's horrific, and I still see her in my dreams. Yeah. Or when I urinate in the dark <laughs> at two in the morning, it's just really really uh, disgusting. Um, and the ending, I was surprised by the ending. Um, but did I need to sit through this long two hour slow paced film to get to that payoff? Um, but yeah, that that uh, that Mother Marco scene, the, that that big reveal with her, just bleh, yeah, yeah, that's that blew me away, and I loved it right away from that. Right yeah, I didn't hate it. Right Not all of it anyway. So yeah, there's my one thing, Mother what? Mother Marcos. So I guess, and then, well, I guess you've already kind of covered with that one thing you disliked as well, which was the the pacing and yeah, that's it. Right. One thing you loved, one thing you hated. Well, I too love the. I really love the way I love that ending. It, it, I mean, as was said, it. It. I didn't feel like the twist came, and I was like, "Oh fuck, what? No, mm-hmm. I. I haven't been following this. Like, I was like, "Oh shit, that's awesome." Yeah. Um, I love the twist. I love the brutality of the ending. Yeah. I was like, "Holy fountains shit!" Of it blood. is. It's fountains of blood. Yeah. Dance, dance, my dears, dance. Oh lord. I love it's it's weirdly it's gory and and over the top but it's weirdly beautiful yeah, too absolutely. it's amazing um shit. one thing one thing you hated I mean, you can say nothing. You know... You can say me. You can say maybe, I hate you. Maybe, maybe the one thing I would have to say is that there was a couple... Um, I didn't mind some of York's covers of some of the songs and like how some of the songs played out, but there were times when I was just sitting there thinking, like, why is this Tom York song here in this movie at this particular moment? Like, I can't remember what. There was, there was a couple songs where I was like, 
This doesn't fit. Right at the end credits. Well. It's just like, what the fuck is this? It's a way to kill the mood. So if I can parlay that into my one thing. The one thing that I disliked. Yeah. I loved the ending. Yeah. But the one thing I disliked about the ending. What? I thought all the instrumental music was fantastic. But Agreed. But that last scene, having he, Tom York's voice over it as he's singing. The problem with Tom York's voice. It's like, so I call it the Morgan Freeman effect. Nothing against Morgan Freeman, but his voice has been used so many times mm. that if I'm watching a movie and Morgan Freeman shows up and starts talking, I'm now no longer. I'm if I was if I was not lucid and I was just in the movie, I'm now aware <laughs> I'm watching a movie because yes, I've been. Yes. I, and that's just yeah. it's Pavlovian, right? No, it's very much so. Yeah. Hearing Tom York's voice brought me out of it, and I thought it should have been instrumental music over that ending sequence. Because the ending sequence was amazing. You're that's, both correct. It you're right. Great. That's it. That's but that it, yeah. just didn't make sense to me. I was able to just push that away, but I was like, why are they doing this? That's Whatever. Happened, yeah. It should have been instrumental. If I can go into the one thing I loved, and there was a lot, but the one thing I loved and really got me excited for the movie was, you know, maybe a month before it came out, my friend Brown sent me a text and he said, have you heard about Lutz Ebserdorf? And I'm like, is that like some new like probiotic or something? And he sends it's a German me, industrial band. Yeah, he sends me a, a, a yeah, I get ready for lots absolutely. He's gonna blow your He sends me a link, and I start reading about how there's the theory at the time that Tilda Swinton played the old man, who we had, you know, I had already recognized the old man from seeing yeah. that first trailer. I only watched the first trailer, didn't watch the subsequent ones, but. And I started, and I'm like, oh my fucking God, dude, that's Tilda Swinton? Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. And when you looked it up, now I'm looking at the IMDb page right now, and they have since adjusted it so that Tilda Swinton is credited as Madame Blanc, Dr. Josef Klemperer, as Lutz Ebsdorf, and Helena Marcos. But before the movie came out, that was not the case. Lutz Ebsdorf was a standalone credit, and the director was on record as denying and I love that kind of subterfuge. Like, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I get it. Then, yeah. Anthony, you brought up an interesting point I hadn't even thought of. Like, why did they have to rely so heavily on her? I didn't think of it as that. I thought they were like, this woman is an amazing actress. Let's see, like, how, how much... I mean, I'd be curious to know if she suggested it or if, they, if that was spitball between her and the director or what. But I thought it was awesome that she did all that. I mean, it just blew me away. So that whole thing creeping into it with the almost non-viral element of the fact that she was going to play this old man. It just blew me away. Every time I'd look at a picture, I'd be like, that's Tilda Swinton? Are you fucking yeah. serious? So that I loved. I just It made me rabidly want to see the movie, and it, it, I really liked the movie. And I liked that character and his story as well, even though you are right, Anthony. It didn't necessarily need to be in Suspiria, but I just think that this was not Suspiria, which does beg the question, why call it Suspiria? Or did it need to be made? I mean, I'm glad it was made, but it didn't, it, was made. Need, it didn't need to be called Suspiria, for sure. <laughs> it could have been called anything. It could have had a, another title, and I feel like it you know, it could have been maybe even stronger. But, I mean, I think that he wanted... I under, to, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, he could have... I mean, they could have changed the title. He could have changed the title and gone for something called, like, named it after the dance school. Yeah. Or... Like, you watch Slither and you know it's an homage. Uh, yeah, right, right. Coven of Dancers yeah. or something like that. The thing that I thought, I, I mean, um, oh, I don't know. When you say what do you love about this movie, like, I, I fucking love You know what? The one thing I love the shit out of, and I, I texted you with it, I said it to you right afterward, right away. 
was that I very rarely have a cinematic experience where I really have to sit down and think about a movie after watching it and be like, I'm not sure what happened and I have to think about this. And I really, truly, the last time I had that experience where I sat there, watched a movie and went, oh shit, I'm going to have to think about this one. Did you get that? No? Okay. Was um, Lost Highway. Yeah. Way mm-hmm. back in 97. Mm-hmm. So sitting Six. here and uh, 96? I think so. And sitting there and watching that film and having that moment, I was like, oh, fuck, you challenged the shit out of me and I love it. Like, I, you know, I, I know that people say things like Inception and like, really, like but I'm like, you're right. but I'm like, no, you know, if you pay attention, there's a lot of, like, you're just missing the hints. You're just missing the little, and like with this, He's burying hints. He's burying um, ideas. And then there's stuff that, like, you're just like, oh, I, what does that mean? Yeah, like, and I'm in still, the end, what did that mean? I'm still thinking about the, I don't, I guess you would call it the vagina neck. I'm still thinking about that. Other than the one thing I can come to is the witches and coven and, and, and female sexuality being so much of a part of it. That, like, it's an expression of it. But I still am like, fuck. One of the things I came to, and, like, I I mentioned to him last time I saw uh, Anthony, was I, 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 I was curious about that little end scene. And then I found a place online and rewatched it. I think it was on YouTube. And rewatched that little moment. You're talking about where she goes to the old man? Well, no. The very, like, the little hidden scene. Oh the yeah, 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 the, yeah, the yeah, post credit yeah. scene, and and I and then I read somewhere what someone had written, and I and I rewatched it, and I went, oh my god, it's true, and that's that that same like little hand motion that she does for the doctor, Susie does for the doctor to make him forget, and 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 because she even says to him, my my daughters have been unkind to you, mm-hmm. and I I I want to repay, I don't want to leave it this way I, I, I'm going to I'm going to fix it for you and she makes him forget when she's when that when a kill opens and she like motions she's motioning at the audience like oh I'm gonna, no shit I'm going to undo it for you too so I I realized that like the only people she kills are the people that are dedicated to Marcos at the end of the film yeah Everyone else gets to live, including no. the doctor. Wait, who kills Tilda Swinton? Uh, That's a question. Yeah, you're right. She doesn't die. She doesn't. Oh, she doesn't. You're right. She doesn't quite die. But Marcos <laughs> attempts to kill her. Yeah. That's right. But um, but yeah, she's she's kind of been of a benevolent character, and like it's an interesting direction that take taken from the character, as like imagined in the original Suspiria, that she's not. She's not cruel. She's not evil. She's not trying to control the world or something like that. She actually is trying. She actually is kind of benevolent. She like she, she you know, she's gonna raise the doctor and make everything good again for she's him. She's blended the good. Ones. And then yeah. she's like, and then even to us who have watched all this, she's like, oh, forget it. Don't worry, it didn't happen. Like you're like, whoa, that's interesting. And I, I'm I'm curious whether it's a calculated move to like hide themselves and to for her to grow more and more powerful and somehow maybe control the earth or it's just her going like we i have my little bit of power and 
I have my coven, and that's all I need. That's the vibe I get. And I'm like, ooh, interesting. Like it, she doesn't have that evilness that right. like the original characters do. So right, I thought that was fascinating. Well, the original characters are rooted in a world of fairy tale, yeah, and embellishment, and these characters are rooted in a very pragmatic. Like this is definitely our world at that time, and yeah. the socio-political, economic, everything is there. So it's just different. It's like the other witches and Argentos could cackle and say, "We want to rule the world." That doesn't really play in this. It's not that yeah. hyperbolic. So, yeah. uh, any final thoughts? Go see it. I don't know if it's still in theaters. I know it did open <laughs> Go wider. Rent it. Go stream it. Do what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I. Um, I was uh, when I uh, after seeing it, I I, I was going to say that the director um, is uh, I didn't even realize this going in was the same guy who made um, Call Me by Your Name last year. Oh, and I didn't, I didn't he's know. getting a lot of attention because of that film, and like I think he's clearly like I, I really want to see that film. I still haven't, but I really want to see that film because it seems certainly like he's. He's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. He's a guy who's going to show up and he's going to challenge us again. Good. It's good to have That's someone. A, yeah, especially if it's good to have not, somebody like they get movies in theaters. Yes, it's good to have someone that's like, no, no, I'll, I'm going to tell you a story, and it's all going to be there. But I'm not going to just fucking spoon feed yeah. it to you. You're going to pay. You got to pay attention, and you're going to probably have to watch it a few times. And even after, you're still going to have to think about it. Like, oh man, fuck. Like I, I love that. I yeah. hope I hope more movies. He makes more movies like that. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Fans of the original, diehard fans of the original. Um, you may not like this. However, that doesn't mean that it's not to be respected, and uh, or watched for that matter. I think I think you should check it out. You know, obviously, you know, create your own thoughts on the film. Um, am I? Am I going to say that I'm head over heels for it? No. Um, Do I think it needed to be made? Not necessarily. Is it a good film? Yes. Cinematically, <laughs> it's a great piece of cinema. It's a great piece of it's film. Interesting perspective. I like it. Um, so with that, you know, uh, let us know what you thought. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. feel free to leave comments. And uh, like I said, we'll be back with another episode in December. But until then, I'm Sean. I'm Ray. I am Anthony. And Chris is not with us, but he'll be back. And he's here so in spirit. He's here in spirit. Yes. In the interim, uh, just, you know, embrace and uh, talk about and love horror.